Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of On Podcast Media Network. So let's dive into today's new episode, season five, episode 30. And I'm talking today about this idea of advanced uh, gamification sort of items, ideas, not to scare any of you off, but if you are new to gamification, I would strongly suggest you check out some of the other episodes on items here. We are like over 200 episodes, so check check out some of the other episode titles. Find one that is for items because this might seem overwhelming. This may seem like I am not going to get there. And the exciting part, if you haven't tuned out already, you will get there. Hang in there. This this All this gamification stuff is like you're weaving more and more tapestry in year after year, semester after semester. The game can get more complex but also smoother so you can add that complexity. So <laughs> go check out some of the other episodes on items. If you are an EMC2 member, there's an entire course on items and power-ups. Today, I am taking this a little bit step further. Some of you who are like core, solid gamificationers and have been around for a while probably already do some of this, but I think it would be good. I think it would be good to have this discussion. If you want to follow along on the discussion and maybe chime in a little bit, as always, would love it if you tweet at Mr. Matera and kind of start a little thread talking about any of the things discussed here or if you want to share an idea for an item yourself. All right, the first idea I have here is sets. And this this is a pretty common idea, but uh, you, 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 you create some items that uh, get powered by completing the set. And this is found in all sorts of video games, card games, board games, uh, really basic. Think Monopoly. If you collect the set of properties, this sort of unlocks the ability to put houses on it and eventually hotels. That's that's sort of what we're talking about here with sets. Do you Could you collect kind of all the parts? And I have a couple items in my game that does this. Uh, for one, there is sort of siege weapons in my medieval game. And most of the siege weapons are broken up into two parts. There's one that's a little more complicated and it's broken up into three parts and kind of cool. Like each piece you get does absolutely nothing by itself. But if you collect all three or two, boom, now you got a bigger, bigger thing, a more complex thing. It also takes two of my pockets. Remember, I use a baseball card holder, so nine pockets here really starts to get eaten up by some of these larger, more complex items that pretend to take two slots or three slots. Uh, That's pretty cool. Um, And then also with that, it it gives a little bit of a a nervous energy if they lose an item. And I don't mean misplace, I mean lose. So in a boss battle for me, if they get questions kind of wrong or if their team gets stuff wrong, there are certain moments in which they can lose items. So that's, that's pretty cool. I dig these sets idea. And that that is something that I think you guys might want to play with. Now, the thing to think about is don't get too complicated in terms of the length of kind of getting the whole set because what's the pace in which kids get items for you 
What like so that means what do they have to do to get items? And how often will you get them to them after they do them? For example, for me, I make sure at least every four days in my class, I think, or maybe the fifth day, uh, they get they get paid kind of no matter what. Uh, that's like a guarantee. Now, there might be more times for me to pay them. For example, if they were working on something and I'm sort of freed up, maybe I'll pay out some of that that day. But I make sure kind of once a week-ish they get paid. Uh, so if I make an item take three, you have to have three items to get this item to do something. And even if they like perfectly did it, you know, handed in quests, that could take up to three weeks to complete. That's a big thing. So make sure, A, it does something super awesome. You don't want it just to be like, and now you have like one free choice on homework or something like that. No, for that amount of time and effort, make sure you give them some space with that item and some like something that's just pretty awesome. And two, <laughs> Make sure it's worth that time and effort. So maybe only make it a two-slot thing. All right. The next idea I kind of want to talk about in my game really works well with my Realm of Nobles game, but I think anybody could put this in there. And I mean, anybody, you know, it would work in a space-themed game uh, for sure. Uh, it would work in a spy-themed game. It would work in so many things. All uh, right. So this one is the idea of artifacts. I love the idea of artifacts. And my artifacts is an interchange between items and badges. Uh, specifically, every unit for me has what I call a temple. Uh, but again, you could just as much, just as easily make this a museum or something else. But uh, that badge always refers to the current unit's artifacts so each so oh sorry i'm getting excited i'm getting ahead of myself i'm sorry so each each unit has a specific artifact and it's not really one artifact i mean like i print off 30 of them and when kids do some things they can earn some artifacts you know whatever it, it is an item but each artifact for the most part does nothing in and of itself so a little bit like those sets and but these are a little different because these play with time a little bit so you get the item and then you want to try to get the badge and a lot of times i give the badge with the item uh and what the I, the badge does is it refers to the current unit's uh, artifact and all previous artifacts and it gives them some sort of bonus trade in the artifact to get 500 xp trade in the artifact to get 250 xp and another item right but the, the thing I love, the thing I hope you hear, the passion in my voice here is they get more and more juicy, more and more rich the longer they hold those artifacts because time, time is one of the key ingredients to an artifact. So, for example, if you hold my Mesopotamia artifact all the way to the end of the game and you get kind of the end of the year Crusaders uh artifact from kind of the holy land here if you get that temple with the mesopotamia uh, artifact that is gangbusters strong because you've let it sort of simmer that long now there's a trade-off though right 
Because again, an artifact takes a pocket and they can't stack the artifact. So now they've had this Mesopotamia item taking up a pocket all year, giving them no joy, no nothing. And they've been tempted all along the way with temple after temple after temple that tries to, tries to get you to turn in that artifact for some points. But the reality is, oh man, if you can hold on to it, it'll be worth some more points. It is a fun, fun way to sort of play with time a little bit in the game and and give kids some interesting choices along the way. So think about, you know, infusing some artifacts into your game. All right, now the next category I absolutely love. You guys know, if you know me, you know I like dice. Uh, big board game, dice fan, especially some of the newer ones that mitigate the luck of the dice. So like a game like Yahtzee, I don't dig as much because that is straight like I hope I roll like all sixes or whatever. And if it doesn't, like there's nothing I can do about it. Like I just took a shot and I failed. But a lot of the new board games have kind of things that can kind of augment that luck, that can mitigate that luck by upgrading certain buildings and certain other things. Now, we don't have that, in, or I don't have that in my game, but uh, I have tons of items, situations like boss battles that require students to roll the dice. Well, this is, this is man, do I lean immediately right on to some of the board games that I play because immediately I start thinking, well, we could adjust these die, right? So there could be an item that allows you to, like for example, I have Anubis's shield, the Egyptian god of the underworld. And so the Anubis shield gives you a second chance, a second die roll. So on that one, you roll and oof, you don't get what you like, you get to roll another one. Uh, that is fantastic. I absolutely love that one. Students love that one. It's a hard one to get because it's so powerful. Now, caveat here, all my items, and this is a rule, like seriously, listen up, jot this down, people, if you're not driving, all my items, standard rule, are either one-time use, period, so you have to turn them in, or they're never-ending items. However, all items, and here's the meat, here's the thing, all items can only be used once a day. So, you know, you roll, don't get the uh, the number you want, and you have Anubis to shield, you can re-roll, but if you don't get the number again, you can't just use Anubis to shield again unless you had two of them. So I love this idea of dice modifiers. So breaking down some of them, that's an easy one, re-roll. I have another one, the Roman Senate, which is plus or minus one pip which if you don't know, that is the official term in English for kind of the dots on a die. So plus or minus one pip on a die. That's pretty cool. You could have weaker versions of that where it only is plus one on a die or only minus one on a die. That's kind of cool. I have, I, in my game, here's a fun one with the dice on that example. I have one that's minus one. I call it throwing stars and they can use it to slice off one number on a die. Uh, that's kind of a fun, fun connection there. Uh, there's ones where they roll two dice and they get to choose which die. So kind of giving them multiple opportunities, like if they want the high number or the low number. There's ones where they can move pips from one die to another. That's kind of fun. Uh, there is, uh, what else is there? There's multiply dice. 
right? And there are certain reasons to do those those things. So I love dice modifiers. So think about that. Uh, super fun. Oh, I have one that you can just bring in a certain number. So like, boom, it is automatically a four. It is automatically a five. Just that alone could give you six items and I make them one time use. So they're not the most powerful, but there's moments where it's like, I need to roll a six. Thank goodness I got this little item, this automatic, it's six. I bring a six in. It is like you rolled it. You set it to that six. And then you can have one that's like a wild where it's like set a die to any number. Like, And again, these are all one-time use, which any of my one-time use items I make uh, available easier, right? So these are things they can get pretty quick, pretty easy, not hard to get. Maybe I give them out in class, these kind of things. All right, on to the next category I have is unlockables. So this is where you have kind of a two-stage item. Maybe I should have titled it that, two-stage items. And this is, you know, you write it two ways. So in the little box, you know, down below on the, the item, they have that text. And in there, I might put that, oh, you know, this magical sword does, you know, whatever. So much damage against a boss or whatnot. However, then I'd say like, if, you know, then below that, the two-stage item, if you have, and fill in the blank, whatever badge you want them to have, you know. For me, I have a big, important one called fire. Uh, so if you have the fire badge, it, you know, enhances these items. So, and I don't do it on all the items, but I have a bunch that it's like, it does X, but if you have fire, it usually does X plus, so it might be a stronger version of X, or it might be X plus Y, so now it might be doing another like whole thing. Uh, so that has been a fun way to sort of explore creating new items because you can look at the items you already have and edit it up uh, a degree, which maybe that's a whole nother category I didn't even talk about was levels. Look at the items you already have in your game because again, this is advanced, this is for like an advanced episode for gamification, gamification, <laughs> did I just say gamificationers? Um, so look at the items you already have and see, are there any that you can dial up, you know, give it 10, 15 more points to whatever category or mechanic you use and dial it back and take away 10 or 15. And now you have like a weaker version, a middle version and a high version of it. Can you add more to it? That's awesome. And the, the, the like, I don't know if I want to say last category because I could talk about this forevers. Uh, but I have another category that I call creators and shapeshifters. So creators are items that produce other items. Now this is really cool in my game because students can't make their own items. Students can't like, they always have to do something to get the item is I guess my point. And these creators, I have like a carpenter shop item they could get. I have a blacksmith shop they can get. And on those cards, it says that they can kind of make two other cards. So oof, you have the carpenter, which brings its own benefits. But one of its benefits is it can also, it'll say, do you want to make this or this? And you don't lose the carpenter to do it. That's just what you've used him for that day. And so every so often, um, again, that day that I do the side quest payments, I call those realm days. So I'll put in there on a realm day, you know, when I call carpenters, you can come up and show me I have a carpenter 
and make one of those two or three options and kids love those because it almost feels like you're it almost feels like you're cheating a little bit right because all the other items that you've earned in the game you've earned because of work and now all of a sudden this one it's like you have somebody working for you you have a carpenter you have a blacksmith so your labor your hard work got you to a point in which you have somebody that's working for you and that is kind of a cool concept in the game i love it and then the other thing I said was in this category that there is like shapeshifters. And what I mean by that is some cards I have, it, it literally says in the card, you know, it can do, you know, A, B, or C. And next to the A, B, or C, I have a little white circle. Boop, boop, boop. But it actually says at the top, when you acquire this item, you have to roll a die. If you roll a one or two, it becomes that first whatever it says by a if you roll a you know three or four it becomes the b if you roll a five or six it becomes the c for me that's permanent so literally like when i hand it to him we we roll a die and we like with permanent marker fill in one of those circles and that is what it is from forever and a day moving forward uh you could make it where maybe they shape shift and it gets to be one of those things any day that's cool too so there is just a myriad of choices that you can make in a gamified class. And I, I think that's one of the things I get excited about for us educators because it allows us to practice our craft. It allows us to be creative. It allows us to turn on sort of areas of our mind. It allows us to be imaginative. And that is something that I have loved sort of moving into in my gamified class. Uh, I don't want to say that I ever lost it, but I definitely gained more of it by doing it. So, you know, lean into these things. Even if right now, if you made it this far, you're somewhat inquisitive on the idea of a gamified class and maybe you have some items, but you wanted to take them to that next level, uh, you know, hang in there, sit with it, make it. If you happen to be on EMC2, check out the course that you can take for free. And if you're part of the MC2, check out, you know, we have, I don't know, 25, 30 different item templates that you could also use. There's just so much fun to be had in this space. The kids love it. You're going to love it. I sort of, I don't, I'm like, I borderline guarantee it. So everyone, I hope you have a great, great week. Uh, once again, I'm Michael Matera, and this is Well Played, and we are part of the On Podcast Media Network. Hope you go check out their website and grab all sorts of powerful packed PD on their podcasts. Also, stay connected, share your ideas, check us out on my YouTube channel, as well as emc2learning.com for hundreds, literally hundreds of resources, activities, courses, this is going to take your class and just change it forever and for the better. And we would love to grow with you. So if you want to join John Meehan and I over on EMC2 and become an engagement engineer, we'd absolutely love it. That's all we have for you today. Thanks so much and play on.